Hello, ladies and men and non-binary friends. This is Symphony Sit Down, a show where we talk about living life as a millennial musician. I'm Sam Carl. And I'm Tyler Menzel. And we are your hosts. We're both conservatory-trained musicians living in Montana, of all places. Today, our topic is Practicing Mindsets and Habits, featuring Taylor Shea. Hi, Taylor. Hello, Sam. <laughs> How are you? You are in. You were with me in Billings. I am. Where, where, where? Tell everybody where you live. So I live in New York City. Um, for only a couple more weeks, I'll be. I live about two blocks away from from school. I go to Juilliard. You got you, you go to Juilliard. I do. Yeah. Just like Tyler, and Tyler's not here. So, like, who are you? What are you? So I am also a violist, like Sam. Um, I'm a few years younger than him. We met in high school. Uh, Those were the days. Sam was actually my first viola teacher. I started out on the violin. I was such a good one. No, I was. <laughs> <laughs> he was. He was a, a strong. He played a strong role in the development of my vibrato. Did I? Well, you gave me my first vibrato lesson. So was maybe. it good? Probably, I, don't I don't know. know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm like I are. don't remember. That. I'm like we we both we I mean we both get compliments on vibrato. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that, I mean we we blend. We just played some duets together. So we did. We 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 blend. We blended when I didn't play an F sharp when I was supposed to be F natural and vice versa. <laughs> but you know, it was just it was not it was it's not particularly my day. But we're viola, so when is it ever our day? Yeah, we all have those days, but I think that's most of them. So. <laughs> uh, but, so this episode is practicing habits and mindset. And, you know, for all the listeners, you know, Tyler and I brainstorm ideas and we, you know, decide what we want to do. And then we ask some friends who are interested in being on the podcast and, you know, we ask them what they would want to talk about. And so what, what do you, why did you choose practicing mindsets and habits? Well, unlike you and Tyler, um, I mean, you both finished school recently, but I'm still in school. And so I have the luxury really of being able to practice every day and making that a priority and just kind of knowing that that is a good thing to be doing with my time. Uh, especially in conservatory, you're expected to get like, it. I mean, it, it varies for different people. Um, but like four hours or so in a day. Um, and so it's something that really occupies the forefront of my mind most days. Uh, yeah. So how would you, so for, I, I guess for the listeners too, how would you differentiate a conservatory experience versus a, a, like a state school? You know, I've been to a state school in my undergrad and I know, I mean, did you have to do that stuff at Eastman? Like gen eds? Gen eds and stuff? I don't no. think so, yeah. I mean, conservatories <laughs> like to tell people that you, you are taking gen eds, but it's but, sort of just like you have liberal arts requirements. Yeah, you have to take like a writing course. Yeah. Um, but so... I mean, the, the main difference, well, the, the first like most obvious one is the lack of like a true college campus. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people, when they envision going to college, um, they, they have the big campus and there's some sort of quad and, you know... That's not... Grassy knolls. Totally yeah. And yeah, conservatories, you're... You have a building most of the time. Yeah, yeah. In my master's, it was just a six-story building. Mm-hmm. That, that was it. Um, and I think you know, with uh, 
with a state school, you have to take like you get a you get a more well rounded education, whether for better or for worse. You know, I think there's we could that's a different podcast. <laughs> yeah, but basically, yeah, the, your conservatory. Um, I started at Eastman, which is specifically only a music conservatory, and then I I transferred um last year to Juilliard, which also has a dance and a drama division. Uh. But still, like the students there are there to focus on their art, and your entire curriculum is really built around that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, I definitely noticed a difference in my practicing, like at a state school versus at a conservatory, which is, you know, I think I actually practiced more in a way at a state school because I just felt like I didn't know how to do it. <laughs> Yeah, and and you know when I went, and I think everybody has that journey, mm-hmm. but I think when I got to my master's, like I had less class that was like filler. Like I didn't have to take like nutrition. I took nutrition, and I took like <laughs> discover biology. And, I could like, probably use a nutrition. Stif- class <laughs> I mean, it was interesting. Like I liked going to the lectures, but then when it was just like, here's the test, I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then I had much more time. But I was you. I had was expelling so much more effort mm-hmm. because, like, you have deliberate practice habits. But we'll we'll get into that. We'll get into that. So let's just start. Let's just start at the very beginning of your. <laughs> you wake up, and you know waking up is hard for music students. <laughs> I think most of the time. It's but harder every year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, what what gets you into the practice room? What gets you, what, you know, what are those feelings? Good, bad, mm-hmm. all of them. Well, so I've, I don't know. I know some people that can wake up at 6.30 every single day, and they'll be in the practice room at 7 a.m. on the dot, or, you know, whenever Not they're me. able to go. Like, <laughs> I know people that the minute the school's open, they're, like, out, outside the door, and they're ready to go in. Um, and I've never been one of those people, and so... For me, it's important to just kind of go in with a positive mindset. And yeah, first, like if I go into the practice room upset or distracted or just not really ready to be practicing, um, I won't really get anything done. Uh, yeah. And so it's important for me just to wake up and I, I do a lot of stretching now. Um, that's something I didn't always do in high school or even the first couple of years of conservatory. Um, but that's been become a pretty important part of my routine when I'm getting ready uh, to practice. Yeah, I, yeah, stretching, especially for us viola players. I mean, um, oh my God. Oh, but yeah, like I, so I used to never eat breakfast, and now like I always have breakfast and my cup of coffee. Yep. Usually, coffee is a big part of like getting ready to practice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I I do agree. I do agree with that. It's it's been it's been interesting for me the past couple years because I finished my master's last year and now I have like a completely different practice routine now that I'm out of school and you know I don't sometimes you get home after you work to make your to make your coin and you you just like you can't pick up your instrument like you just Mm -hmm. can't like in because you're you're just tired and you know I think what got me I think what got me into the practice room a lot of the time during school was guilt (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, <laughs> I was thinking before this about the things that get me to the practice room and guilt was on the list. Yeah. Um, and there's just always the sense that you you haven't done enough for 
you know, X or Y or Z piece that you're playing or or you didn't practice this technique yesterday and you need to get that done, but then you also have to get everything else done that you normally would. And, and it's always like you, 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 you focus on the stuff you didn't do and never the things you accomplish. Mm-hmm. Almost always. And I think I read an article because, because of the way musicians tend to think that way, that a lot of musicians actually develop OCD. Like they have a 10% or something higher rate. I need to find that article mm-hmm. because I, I I've shown it to a couple of people. It's really fascinating. Um, and then when you think about it, you're like, yeah, I am pretty obsessive about like you think about like how you think of like certain fingerings or dynamics and yeah, you or you, you know we've been in orchestra rehearsals the past few days and like you know sometimes like we're all like very anal retentive about like one thing and then when somebody else is anal retentive about something that we don't care about we're like why are you so mad and then like (laughs) as soon as it gets to you and you're like but why are we doing this and you're like we're all just insane people um but like for a long time i think my whole undergrad guild got me into the practice room Mm -hmm. like for like without a doubt and then masters i um i kind of developed a healthier system because I just, like, was so over it at that point. And, you know, I think we always, like, we always say, like, we're not good enough, therefore I must practice. Yeah. And, you know... Well, and... <sighs> it's hard. I think, in a way, a lot of music students idolize, like, being that person who foregoes sleep and, like, proper nutrition oh, yeah. and health overall just to be in the practice room. And what's, what's the first thing that goes for you? The first thing that goes. Um, yeah. Like. Like meals. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I just don't eat. I've had, to, I've had to stock up my locker with granola bars and things like that. Just because yeah. I'm like, there are days when getting a, a proper meal in doesn't really work. Yeah. Oh, yeah. P.S. Lockers don't end in high school for music students. You get a locker <laughs> for the rest of your music I rely career. on my locker more now, I think. Oh, I, yeah. I keep my instrument in there. Yeah. Yeah. I ever did in high school. We had like cuppies at in San Francisco. Oh, like, like weren't closed. The you know they were closed. Like you could lock them, but like you couldn't. People put stuff in it, but like it wasn't like a stand up locker. Like there was room to slide your case in, and that was yeah, that easy. was and like music sometimes, but like it just wasn't. I missed. Ha- I had a locker in uh, U of M. Mm-hmm. But I would really, <laughs> I, I was just like, I'm not going to miss that. And then as soon as they went to the cubbies, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I miss that. Because <laughs> you ones... could like keep like food and clothes yeah. and stuff. Yeah, the ones at Eastman and, and Juilliard are, are like exactly the same kind that I had in high school. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, so that was, the, those were the days. See, I just had a flashback to my, my um, locker was by the art rooms. And so, it, and the cafeteria, so it always smelled like those, like, really gross, like, fried chicken patties. <laughs> and then, like, a lot, a lot of marijuana. <laughs> because art room, I mean, I, like, yeah. I'm, like, I'm, I'm stereotyping students, but, like, you know that happens in high school. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, people do this. Um, but, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think Gil's a big one. I think when I started, so I've talked about the negative ones. I think what started... I started thinking that I deserve to go practice. Yeah. Like some people, you like a lot of people say, I don't deserve to be called a good musician or to be here. So I'm going to go mm-hmm. practice to make myself believe that. And then you kind of switch it around where you say like, I wouldn't be here if I didn't deserve it. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I don't know. It was, I mean, like I, I said, I go to Juilliard and 
it's a very intimidating place. I mean, it's yeah. it's built up to be this like cutthroat place, and I think no matter what anyone tells you, like you always go in with some amount of trepidation. And this was true with Eastman as well, and I'm sure like any other music school that is Same of some same. esteem. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, they they really pounded it into our head, like you're going to get imposter syndrome. Um, you're going to feel like you don't belong here, but like all of you deserve to be here, and you were admitted, and that's. That's as simple as yeah, it is. It's just, it's crazy. The The higher you go, the lonelier it feels sometimes. Yeah. And I, yeah. So. We, we keep getting off track. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No. Sorry. I was, I was just yeah. going to say another, like, positive thing that gets me in the practice room that isn't guilt um, is, like, inspiration or just I'll hear a really beautiful recording of. Tabea uh, Zimmerman. Yeah. <laughs> Well, how I'm, much how much do you like Tabea Zimmerman? She's a she's a violist for anybody who doesn't know that name. <laughs> yeah. She's phenomenal if you aren't familiar with her. Um but no, it, it doesn't even have to be a violist. I mean it's easier if it's a piece that you're playing and Obviously. you feel very inspired by it. But I don't know, just if you're really touched by a recording of really anyone, sometimes that can be enough to make you just want to get back to your instrument and and seek the same kind of um, mastery and just expressive voice that you mm-hmm. you enjoy listening to. I think I also learned in my master's, and, and I do so more now that I'm a working citizen of the United States, that you just, you practice away from the music way more than you think. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I thought like four hours meant you were playing for four hours. You, and then I realized yeah. like, the part of that four hours is looking at your music and just listening to it, listening to a recording and Mm -hmm. making sure you know what's going on. I mean, you know, I do way more of that now because sometimes like when I'm working and I'm doing something mundane, but it takes all my limbs. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, and I... (laughs) Like, I have to... I I listen to it and that is practicing in a way. And like, usually you're like, I'm just enjoying it. I'm like, well, when you have the right mindset and you like listen for things and or you have a score nearby or something like you you'll learn to sneak it in whenever you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mental practice sometimes is the only kind you can fit in. Um but yeah, I I think at some point we've all heard that old adage like practice smarter not harder. Yeah. Um yeah. or you know, it's better to practice really diligently for an hour than to do 3 um of just like kind of randomly playing through things. Uh, and I, I think it's, I think a lot of us take way more time to really take that to heart, um, truly than we realize. Yeah. Cause I, I think a lot of us just when we're younger and in high school, we can just play through things kind of aimlessly and not really be thinking too hard about what we're trying to fix specifically. Um, we don't really know exactly what technical things are wrong with our playing yet. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes that's not true for everyone. Um, and then, yeah, eventually, just that catches up to you, and you have to, yeah, you have to learn to uh, quiet the chatter in your head and and really think about what needs to improve and how to do it. Yeah, having a, an objective sense, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of people tend to uh, over emotionalize music sometimes. Yeah, and like, and it's a, like you know, it is an emotional thing and it is an art, but like at the same time. It's a job too. Like 
if you over-romanticize everything in orchestra, like, I'd be exhausted. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, I quit after, like, one concert. Because you just got to go in, you got to play it, you got to do what's on the page, you got to play it beautifully, and then you leave. Yeah. Like, Or, I mean, I was I mentioned technique. Like, if you're working on technique, which most of us are. Um, <laughs> which I, I hope most of us are. Yeah. Like, I totally am. What are you talking about? Is that a directed lifelong, at me? A lifelong pursuit, that one. <laughs> Um, technique's a very physical thing. Um, and for me, that was really hard when I was younger, was trying to, trying to work on technical issues in my playing without any kind of emotional attachment to it, to the yeah. music. Um, cause yeah, they feel very unmusical and it's hard to feel the connection to mm-hmm. actually performing and making music and, and knowing what to do with all these technical exercises you might be using. Yeah. So getting getting more more into it, like what works for you? Because I think like I think the other thing that you hear all the time is just like you have to do what works for you. Yeah. And I think everyone's so scared because like how many books are there on how to practice or like how many like ideas or quotes are out there like mm-hmm. a, a number and like now when I hear one I just like roll my eyes. Yeah. Um, just because it's like. It, what works for you isn't going to work for everybody. And that, like, my my teacher and my teacher and my masters always told me, like, to figure it out. Mm-hmm. He's always just like, you just got to figure it out. I don't know. Like, take the time. Figure it out. Yeah, and you can't, you can't expect someone else to fix your own problems. problems. And, 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 and at first I was just like, why is... I'm like, I'm paying for this teacher. And then I realized, <laughs> like, what he was doing, where it was just like, oh, I need to do it for me and not for him. Yeah, well, and... This is not specific to music necessarily, but like really in music, we spend so much time idolizing teachers um, and like the lineage that we're following and like specific technical schools and things. And so I think it's easy to get caught up in the idea that like you need to be formed into something and it's yeah. not entirely in your control. Yeah. And, and yeah, I think it's a big mental hurdle to overcome um just to be able to to feel that sense of agency and there's a certain amount of confidence it requires to um to be able to own that and and say like oh i am capable of figuring out my own problems and like what i've done with my teachers will allow me to do that yeah like where where am i right um, practice methods well yeah <laughs> <laughs> well no so like what is a what does a practice session look like for you and you don't have to like you know it's not like a i, I don't know why i just went to like the food and the my plate sort of thing you don't have to like give me like they i was like 35 percent dairy oh yeah. it's not it's totally not 35 percent. i just threw a number out there so if, if you look it up i'm gonna be very embarrassed <laughs> what the number it will be but um well i always start with um well and also in the last couple of years i think my my daily practicing has started to change a lot more frequently um which is a good thing it is and i i think it's hard to allow ourselves to do that like it's it's very easy to get caught up in a routine. Um, but with that comes, like, with the routine comes avoidance of, like, things that we're uncomfortable with. And mm-hmm. I think eventually you don't even realize you do it anymore. Yeah, like stagnation. Yeah. And so, 
you know, it's like practicing octaves and thirds on the viola. Um, You're like, it's ah. not fun, and it <laughs> doesn't always feel that good, but um, you will get better if you do it every day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, so for me, and this was actually something that I think I saw in, like, a Hilary Hahn practice video. I love those. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, she's so cute, it makes me feel so good about myself. Yeah, and, and humble. Um, but she, she had one video where she was just saying, like, I think... Like, for me, the first notes I make, or the, f- the first noises I make on the instrument every day are, like, random. And I don't launch into scales every day, um, right off the bat. And for me, that's become really important. Um, I tried to just establish, like, a really comfortable physical relationship to the instrument. And especially with the viola, I think that can be really difficult some days. And Sometimes it can feel like a cement block. Yeah. <laughs> your there, shoulder. <laughs> there are days when you're like, I feel like I picking this up for the first time in months. Yeah. I don't know how this happened. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, it could be tiny things and um, just doing slow motion vibrato on a finger for like several minutes until it really feels comfortable. Oh, my dog. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, for everybody, my, my dog was in the background barking. <laughs> um, I think, you know, for me, I... I've, I definitely have never been like a block practice person. You know, mm-hmm. some people like stake out a practice room for like three, four hours. Yeah. Never been that person. I can never, I think like the max is like an hour and a half for me. Mm-hmm. Like, and sometimes that half an hour is kind of a struggle. Yeah. And I've, I, I think a lot of music students, um, for it's like, it's like the more free time we have in a day to practice, the less we get done. Um, yeah, it's because like you're like I can do it later, mm-hmm. or I, I it's such a weird phenomenon. I don't I don't. Let this wa- be a lesson to you all. <laughs> yeah, do it now. <laughs> yeah, dude, just get it, just get it done. And then like when I was in school, I was such a morning practicer, and now, mm-hmm. no, like if you told me I had to practice at like nine a.m., I'd be like, you're dreaming. Like I'm never gonna do that. And it's just so bizarre that that was such that was the most dramatic shift hmm. from because like in the morning I have to like drink coffee and then like I try to get done the stuff in my day that I that I don't want to do in the morning so then I don't think about it all day yeah so then like I mean I have to email parents because I'm a executive director of a youth orchestra I have to eat I have to do a lot of like housekeeping things that like I don't want to do like, I mean, I would, if I said, I'm like, I love it. Like, I mean, we all, every job in the world, even if it's your dream job, you have stuff you don't want to do. Like if you're an orchestral musician, do you want to play a Breckner symphony every day? No, I don't think you do. <laughs> I don't know. I like, I don't, I, I have so many friends who just played Bruckner for, <laughs> and I've seen so many posts that are like, we don't have arms anymore. Where are you? <laughs> you're like, I'm, I'm good. Get me out. Um, but yeah, so I, 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 yeah, I would never be a, I, I'm always like an hour and then you do something else completely different. Yeah. Um, and I usually, now I practice like almost solely at night, almost solely from like seven to midnight because that's just the time that I have that I can dedicate, like people will go out for drinks or something and I still do that, but you know, most days I will choose to to just have an hour of practice and you know i think also people you know i want i want your opinion on this because i think focus is such a huge issue 
yeah. for musicians. Be- and not because we don't focus enough. I think people over, like, hyper-focus on things mm-hmm. that don't matter. And, you know, one thing that I do now all the time is I have, like, a podcast going on in the background while I practice. Or I have the TV on. Just so, like... My roommate does the exact same thing. Because it's just, like... It's just... Because it just makes the stakes so much lower. Where it's just, like, you're just learning. Yeah. You're just... And you can, you can like, people say, you need all your attention. And, you know, <laughs> it's just... That's just not... Think about anything else you do in your life. Do you do that any with anything else? No. Maybe driving. Okay. Hopefully. <laughs> uh, not me. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> Don't drive in Montana. I'm not, I might run into you. I haven't been in an accident once, though. Um, but even then, like, it, like you do some... I, I, I like, you know, what kind of focus do you think a musician needs to have? I guess that's my question to you. Um, well, I'm trying to think. For one thing... I'm I'm going to answer it kind of indirectly um with so I'm I'm similar I don't really do well with practicing in like 3 or 4 hour blocks um I have to space it out throughout the day and even within an hour I'm going to take several breaks and check in with my body and just like see where I'm holding tension that I'm not really aware of and how it's getting in the way um uh and then I think Another thing that most of us have, you know, been told by a teacher or all of our teachers at some point is to do breathing exercises and deep breathing. (laughs) And I think we're all like, all right. (laughs) And then, and then you do it your first time and then you're like, oh yeah, (laughs) it works. (laughs) And that's become a big thing for me. Um, For a while I was doing like a three minute breathing routine where, you know, you, you really sit and, and try to check in with your body and, and just, mindfulness yeah um i don't really take it to that extreme so specifically all the time anymore um but i i do find it really helpful just to take several deep breaths and like consciously clear my mind and just reorient everything around what is what i'm doing what i'm working on what i want to improve um and with that comes like if i'm getting frustrated with the passage i just set the viola down for a minute and like walk away and yeah, go get a drink of water. Get, get some Doritos. <laughs> that was, that was, I'm always get just another like, coffee. I, I, I'm like, I need some chips. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, I'm going to go get some Cheetos. I'm going to say hi to my friend Chester. Mm-hmm. I always think that people like put way too much pressure on it. Yeah. And, you know, that's what I've learned with just like being out of school where, you know, it kind of seems like the end of the world when you're in school because that's all you're doing. And then when you leave and you're doing other things and you, you're like, oh, like it's, it's, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Like it's okay if that you didn't really get that passage as clear as you wanted it to. You didn't pull it, you didn't get through as much. Some, Cause sometimes rehearsals just go in a way where you like, you work on something that you didn't realize needed to be worked on. And then that's what you did. And like, instead of, ju- instead of being hard on yourself about it, you're like, well, I guess at least I did that. And then. Well, and especially, like, in orchestral performances, if they're recorded, 99% of the time, the the th- things that I remember not going well and, like, being displeased with myself, you can't hear it in the recording. Yeah, like, yeah, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like, oh, we sounded great. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> yeah, we're doing, we, we're, we're, we're both in a concert where we're playing uh, Beethoven's Emperor, and there's there's a couple of, Tricky Boeings for no, mm-hmm. for no, for, like, I, I don't know 
we've talked about it, but like, you know, they call it like the flush method. Like when you're like playing sports where like when you make a mistake, like say you throw an interception or like, I don't know, sports. I'm trying to like, I don't either. And I'm just like, where is he going with this? (laughs) But like when like you do something wrong, like somebody steals the ball from you in soccer or something. Then you have three seconds to be like, analyze what you did, what you could have done better, and then you flush it and you don't think about it mm. anymore. And it's just kind of like the same with orchestra or like doing a recital or anything. Like, yeah. sometimes with practicing, and like, I usually like think about what happened. Say, like, I had a bad practice day. Oh, we all have those. Um, and I would just like be like, okay, it was bad because I went in with a negative attitude and. You know, I I was destined not to get anything done today. Like, I didn't get enough sleep. So maybe, like, I'm going to take care of myself today. No, like, we'll do better tomorrow. And Mm -hmm. then, like, you're done thinking about it. And I think everybody, you just, I I think we've all had those, like, sleepless nights where where you're staring up at the ceiling, just going, like, I wish I would have played that today. (laughs) And, you know, the less of those that you have, probably the better. Yeah. And for me... A really important thing to end a practice session with um, has become just to, like, recognize some kind of improvement. Yeah. It could be literally one note that, like... Sounds good. (laughs) Well, or I I think a lot of us, we have, like, those things that technically we're playing right, but they don't don't sound amazing, but Mm -hmm. we don't really go back and fix it because we didn't make a mistake, per se. Mm -hmm. And so maybe, like, you finally got it to sound really pretty and you're pleased with it and you liked your sound on it, like... There you go. That's something you can be proud of for the day. Um, and yeah, I think it's important to recognize any progress you've made in the day and, and use that to, to focus your energy more. So like on average, like how do you feel after you practice? Yeah, that really depends on the day. <laughs> like, and what I'm working on. Yeah. Right now I'm playing a lot of music that like is just very difficult and I'm not sure I'll ever be able to perform it as well as I want to. Um, viola repertoire yeah and so lately (laughs) little things like that where i'm like this this run or this little figure here is weird and uncomfortable but i like am able to play through it today without you know having to stop um that's become something recently that um is pretty prominent in (laughs) in my mind in in because there's some there's some pieces out there that like you're like i could play it at half tempo without stopping I'm a genius. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and like, there's just, and there's other pieces where, like, with Mozart, where you're like, it's pretty simple on the page, but then you're just like, I think I make so many Mozart references in the last few episodes. Like, let's do a different <laughs> one. What's another, like, simplistic, like Mendelssohn, like a Mendelssohn symphony, where it's pretty, like, yeah. self explanatory, but then, like, getting it to sound beautiful takes five million years, mm-hmm. like, in the practice room. But, yeah, I try to feel neutral yeah. after a practice. I always, I just try to feel like I did it. I like, I always, I think it's the same with auditions. I like to feel like it's every other day. Mm-hmm. Like, why am I putting like, oh, it's a, it, this is a day because I practice. And like, we're musicians, we practice all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I like to just try to feel as, as low key about it where I'm like, yeah, I practice and now I'm going to go lie in my bed and watch YouTube for like two hours, <laughs> you know, you know, work hard, play right, play hard. Am I right? But I, I like to finish. I, I don't know. After, after a good practice session, I'll usually feel a little bit tired, 
you know, like I've expended some energy. Um, but usually it's kind of a positive feeling. Um, yeah, you can just be happy that you practiced and got two hours of good practicing done for the day or whatever. Yeah, I, That's what I think that everybody should feel. Just feel good that you did it. Yeah. Um, well, and also, I, I don't know, I've never been to Europe, um, but I, I think that in the United States, um, musicians, we really equate our playing with, like, our value as humans. And so, and, you know, as music students, we, we spend every minute of our practicing and performing, like, kind of focusing on the negatives and, and what to fix, um, that we just completely turn a blind eye to any positives. Uh, and yeah, I've already said you should recognize positives in your playing. Um, but yeah, I think it's important not to dwell on the things that just aren't there yet. Because they aren't there yet. Yeah. It doesn't mean they won't ever get there. It's almost kind of like business. Like, people who focus on, like, all the ex- all the expenditures and not your yeah, revenue. Yeah, not the long-term like, not, investment not like, potential. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's, you know... Music get, makes you so much better at so many other life skills. And I think, you know, that's one thing I've learned this year of not being in school where like, oh, I learned how to really get a job done and focus for like an hour and then just get it done. Where like some people like don't like I think with music, you get that skill r- relatively quickly. Yeah. And, you know, because like, you know, we're rehearsing and we can't really have our phones and we don't we don't do anything else for three hours sometimes four (laughs) and you know so then you know you have that you 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 learn that discipline and you know people just like say oh i'm only learning playing learning how to play beautifully on my instrument and learning no life skills i'm like well you're learning no life skills if you're thinking about it that way Mm -hmm. where you know if you put like if you put the time in you can you can you can do it and you'll 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 blossom you'll flourish (laughs) but yeah and i think for me like a big a big thing that helped me have a better relationship with practicing was just having having a practice buddy you have a practice buddy i don't have a practice buddy i i had a practice i had a practice buddy one of my practice buddies listens to this podcast her name is clara clara Furman. (laughs) hello i know you're listening um (laughs) But she and I lived in the same apartment and every morning we had like oatmeal and coffee together. We talked about stuff we needed to work on. And sometimes we did bow exercises just like while we're having (laughs) coffee in our kitchen. And then we would go into our rooms and practice until like noon or one or until we had a class. And then we ate lunch and then did. And so like just to know that somebody was in it with you. Yeah. I don't know. Because like sometimes like we the practice room can be one of the most lonely places in the world. (laughs) Oh, tell me about it. <laughs> Actually, well, I don't really have a practice buddy in that same sense, but it, it's funny. There's, I, I have a friend at, at school who her locker is like two down from mine, and somehow, almost every single day, like we will be standing at our lockers, like on our way to or from the practice room or whatever. And so it, it's just funny because we we still like we'll end up talking about our practice sessions and <laughs> yeah, what we got done that day. Yeah. Yep. It is because like, it's hard to think that like even though we we participate in a competitive sport, it feels like that we we don't want I don't want anybody to fail. Like no. I don't and and that's the thing. Like I don't hear anybody and say like I want them to mess up. Mm-hmm. Like you never 
Like, I mean, if you do, you're a bad person. And our last podcast, uh, don't even get me started. <laughs> um, we talked about at the end of it, ever just be a nice person. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, um, yeah. I think that I've I've learned in music school. Just I don't know. A close friend of mine told me once um, he doesn't like to like talk about anyone anyone's playing behind their back because, like, I don't think any of us. We wouldn't be going to music school if we all were perfectly content with our playing. Yeah, like, we're all here to improve. And yeah. and yeah, I think having humility is a very important thing for a musician. Because um, mm-hmm. even if you feel in, like you're on the top right now, in a few years, that may not be the case. And Yeah. And, you know, we need all different types of musicians in the world. Like, not everyone's going to be a soloist. Not everyone's going to be an orchestra player. Not everyone's going to be a chamber player. Like, you're going to do... You should do what you want. And I think people say, like, I am a classical musician, therefore I must orchestra. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, it's not a simple equation. Like, I've found that out the, the hard way. But, um, you know, I've had a few friends. Thankfully, I have a year yeah. before yeah. <laughs> I have to do that. <laughs> but I, I think, um, I just think that, like, a few of my friends won really great jobs, and I was so happy for them. And, like, that's how you sh- you shouldn't be like, why did that person get a job? Just be like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and like, at first, well, like, I remember in high school, I thought that was lame to do. And now I'm like, oh, my, I was such a little turd. Because <laughs> um, it's important to leave those parts of yourself behind. <laughs> <I know>. <laughs> <laughs> like, high school, high school stays... If you feel that you there. did that, good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I'm, yeah. So, just be a nice person. I think that's going to be the motto of every podcast now. Just be a nice person. We're and violas, tr- too, so yeah. that's our life motto. Yeah, just be a nice person. Eat a lot of food. Sleep well. One important thing is not to compare yourself to others. Yeah. Um, which we all do. And, yeah, our favorite performers of our instrument, like, um, I, I've had to learn that I can't really try to emulate them. I have yeah. to, I have to recognize what I like about um, other people's playing and like figure out how to access some kind of that in my own playing. But I, I can't like replicate it perfectly. Yeah. Like, see the beauty in everybody, mm-hmm. yeah. including yourself. <laughs> yeah, and like you know, we just we we did a we did a gig the other day where we played some duets, and I have not been sight reading. And let's just say I had some flavorful <laughs> chord progressions going on. And, you know, like in the past, I, I and I was ha- I was thinking about it. Like in the past, I think I would be so like mortified about it. But it's just like it just oh, my cat just like jumped into the windowsill. <laughs> We're by my window and he just he just jumped right in. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. What, what, what was that? that was sight reading. Cute. Oh, yeah. sight reading. Um, and you know, you can't beat yourself up. Like you have to say, like you don't give yourself excuses. Like call a spade a spade. Just be like, I, I messed up. Mm-hmm. But like, you have to just be like, you Next know, time will be better. Yeah, <laughs> you're just like, and then you just forget about it. You just yep. don't. You just yeah. People people hold on to for dear life. Like, so many musicians are very controlling people, including me. <laughs> yeah, or, you know, if you have a yeah. bad performance, I mean, it's like, just, it's so easy to spend the rest of your life regretting it or wishing it had gone differently. But 
I know. No matter what you do, it will have gone how it went. I have <laughs> one of one of one of my favorite stories is one of my one of my uh, mess ups. I was playing for a concerto competition. I was doing the Stomets, and there's this one part. The Stomets viola concerto. There's this one part. Um, um, uh, it's it's a sequence like. And you have to shift up near the end. I forget. I don't. I haven't played it in forever. And I was just playing it, and I was just like, "I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Yay!" And then I realized I didn't shift where I normally do, and I was just like, "Oh no, I hate and, that." Uh, and you I do the right thinking, fingering, but you're just like in the wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I know, I don't, I don't know. And then like I had to be to hit like a, a higher a high a high note, and I just went. <gasps> Like, and I just like, <laughs> I just went for it. And I don't know what note I played. I never listened to the recording. <laughs> and it's just like, I just like, it's like I, I, it's like I punched myself in the face. Like that was like the, it was just like, oh, and I was just like, oh, I wanted to just be like, I'm out. Can I go have a beer now? <laughs> like, I'm out. <laughs> but, you know, instead of being like mortified that that happened, like. You gotta finish. You just finish, <laughs> and like I finished, I did fine. It was, it was fine. But it, like, it's more of a hilarious story. Yeah, and you know, just yeah, just yeah. That's that's it. I think you know we we have to play a concert tonight. So we do. We're gonna we're gonna go have we're, we might have a snack. We might have some water. We're gonna maybe take a nap. <laughs> but yes, thanks for joining me. Of course, yeah, so fun yes. to be here. It was fun, and you're, you'll be you'll be hearing more. You'll be hearing more from Taylor. What is your What is your Instagram so people can follow your musical journey? Oh my, I don't always post that much musical stuff on there, but uh, it's Taylor J Shea S H E A. Ooh, see, I, even though you don't like musicians, are more than just their music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, you guys all have a wonderful day. <laughs> we'll we'll see you next time. Hello, ladies and men and non-binary friends. Thanks for listening to this episode of Symphony Sit Down. If you have any requests for future episodes, comment below or send us a message on our Facebook or Instagram. If you're interested in sponsoring Symphony Sit Down, send us an email at symphonysitdown at gmail.com. And as always, like this episode and make sure to subscribe and share with your friends. We upload a new episode every other week. Take care and have a wonderful day. Musically yours, Sam and Tyler.